<coughs> not not uh, very much. Um, I have to confess, I left my notes at home, so I just sort of quickly um, tried to recall um, what I wanted to say. So the first thing, big surprise, Savage Javid out. Um, apparently, according to journalists, this wasn't part of some um, master plan, certainly not by uh, Boris Johnson, um, after he was uh, told that he had to lose all his uh, advisers. Savage Avid was sort of sent away to think about it for 30 minutes and came back and said, no, I can't accept that. Johnson was trying to persuade him uh, to go for it. Um, on the other hand, maybe it was uh, Dominic Cummings, you know, sort of master plan, I'll get Boris to do this, and uh, Boris sort of walks into that particular uh, trap. Who the hell knows? Either way, uh, the replacement of Savage Javid with Rishi Sunak um, does herald, I think, a loosening of the purse strings. It's not that uh, Rishi is... Um, well known for spend, 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 you know, like a typical Tory. He's uh, known for statements about, uh, you know, good finances and um, all the rest of it. His former um, employee of uh, Morgan Stanley, blah, blah, blah. So he's got a good, you know, pro city record and background. The real point is, though, that um, from Johnson's point of view, he wants to go out and start spending. Um, <coughs> maybe this is part of the plan to um, secure the northern seats. I don't know. Um, either way, um, we should expect um, some sort of um, loosening up. Um, I don't know whether it's the end of the age of austerity that was certainly announced by Savid Javid in the run-up to the last um, election um, anyway um, so that was a um, an unexpected um, uh, development the other sackings and new appointments I don't think there's anything particularly sort of startling there I suppose it's quite nice to look at uh, Andrea Ledson's face, you know, as she walked in and then as she walked out, she presumably thought she was irreplaceable or due for higher things. Either way, um, apart from Savage Javid, um, uh, the others don't really amount to much as far as at least I can uh, tell. Maybe when it comes to the law things are slightly different. It's worthwhile noting that the Cabinet decided to go in for a constitutional review in terms of the High Court judges, Supreme Court judges interfering in politics. Obviously this follows uh, Theresa May but also Boris Johnson's um, handling uh, by the courts. You remember the Brexit votes and uh, could they do this and could they do that, the proroguing of Parliament, how they were overruled. This is them going out uh, to say that that ain't going to happen again. Um, well, he's got an 80 majority. Um, he's going to make sure uh, that it doesn't happen, at least to him, again. Worthwhile recalling at the time uh, that we actually said, hey, uh, to the, um, the Remainers, uh, be careful. 
because uh, hey, just imagine for one moment, we don't think it's likely, but it's not impossible that Jeremy Corbyn heads a Labour government. You know, okay, you've now got a, a Supreme Court uh, that's used to in intervening in politics. Don't you think they'll intervene against a Jeremy Corbyn government? You can forget the Mike Pompeo pushback. You can forget the generals, you know, saying they won't obey orders. MI5, MI6 saying we're not going to pass, you know, Andrew Murray any bloody secrets. And the whole long list, you know, the city, you know, capital flight, the courts clearly um, would um, intervene. So be careful, you know, in terms of going out and celebrating uh, that Supreme Court uh, decision, what could follow in its wake. The other, I think, important um, decision taken by the Cabinet is to go for a points-based system uh, when it comes to uh, migration. I suspect somehow uh, that when it comes to farmers, I'm not an avid fan of the archers, but I do pick a thing or two up, um, that they'll have a dispensation uh, because they cannot get British people uh, to pick that fruit and at the moment machines um, aren't, it were either so vastly expensive or they can't get them to actually pick them you know, with uh, that sensitivity that's required that they will have some sort of system of waivers uh, but basically the idea is that you have to have certain skills or the expectation of a job offer um, I can't remember the amount of money but roughly speaking between 20 and 30,000 quid something like that at least in my head um, what that means in reality is Britain going out and uh, hoovering up nurses and doctors. Um, you know, obviously with the EU, uh, you had free movement inside the EU. Um, I can certainly remember in terms of uh, my last visit uh, to India, uh, because I travelled air-conditioned second class, you know what I'm talking about, yeah, right? I tended to meet doctors, which was quite spooky. And, no, you know, you just meet doctor after doctor after doctor. And uh, the first question they would ask you once they find out that you're British is how easy it is uh, for doctors uh, to get into Britain. Because, you know, I met one doctor, for example, who'd been trained either in Leningrad or Petrograd. And um, uh, from my memory at the time, I'm saying, well, they've got certain rules as regards language, uh, but they're definitely after people. And certainly I know that you, when you just go to the NHS hospital in London, I don't know what it's like outside uh, London, but I suspect it's very similar. And you meet Filipinos, you know, you meet Indians, uh, you meet South Africans, you know, you just go around the bloody world and the NHS has hoovered uh, people up. It saves them an awful lot of money in terms of training people. Um, so you're basically getting those skills and that training uh, for free. Um, anyway, uh, the Morning Star, worthwhile reading on this particular thing, because it welcomes the end of free movement in Europe, because that's forced on people, remember. That all the Bulgarians and Polish workers that have come to London, you know, this is forced. Well, there's a certain truth there. You know, economics, 
has forced people to move from A to B. On the other hand, here I am sitting next to somebody who's from bloody Liverpool. Who was forced, forced. No, you know what I mean. You just look at inside Britain. Um, why do so many people come to the South East? It's called jobs. It's not the housing you know, that's so cheap. It's called jobs. Well, the same applies to Polish uh, workers, Bulgarian workers, Romanian workers, Albanian workers, um, you name it. So the morning starts saying, well, that's good. So what we want is a non-racist um, um, immigration control, because Britain's got guilt, hasn't it? After all, you know, had this big empire and, um, you know, exploited people. So, so what do we need? We need an immigration policy that's based on justice, whatever the hell that is, right, and the economic needs of the country. Well, Boris Johnson's quite capable of actually dressing up his points-based system precisely uh, in that language. The reality is, although uh, the Morning Star uh, says that uh, um, the world, it belongs to human beings, no human being should be treated differently. The reality is uh, that there's no way that if you happen to be you know, an ordinary person from the Congo or an ordinary person from Egypt, uh, they're going to say, OK, uh, come in. Uh, and the reality is, of course, what uh, the Morning Star is doing is advocating immigration controls, um, supposedly non-racist immigration controls, but in reality uh, what it's wanting to do is discriminate against the vast majority of the population, not because they've got brown skins, but because they're poor. That's the truth uh, of it. Now I think it's just worthwhile recalling the position of the second um, international on this question, because if you think back, you know, um, the second international was a very... Um, has a bit of European organisation. I know it had affiliates in the United States, but basically it was a European organisation. And in the United States and in Europe, because of colonialism, but also because of the economic dynamism of the United States, um, they started to import uh, workers. So in, in the United States, they had a policy in the labour movement, if I'm not mistaken, against yellow labour. Right? Yellow labour. Uh, in Britain... Um, you had the TUC uh, raising the, the alarm bell on the basis of Jews uh, coming over uh, from Eastern Europe. Obviously this is pogroms, uh, but it's also people looking uh, for a better life. The TUC uh, and the Labour Party passed resolutions against that. And it's interesting looking at the, as I said, the second international debates on this question because what it said is that we will organise, because we're an international, against scabbing. Uh, so we will try to organise workers everywhere and prevent Irish workers, for example, coming to Britain in order to break a strike. Right? That's perfectly correct. We also want to organise workers in a way that uh, migrants coming in don't undermine wages. Therefore we need strong trade unions and you need to be able to recruit migrants as they come here into the trade union. You don't try to keep them out, you don't have exclusive you know, British trade unions for British workers. Trade unions should be for all workers who are in uh, Britain. Uh, but it specifically came out against immigration controls. Right? It came out against anti-Jewish immigration controls. It came out against anti-Chinese 
uh, immigration controls um, um, in uh, the United States. Okay, um, let's move on. Sunday Times, apparently I haven't uh, seen it, but I've been told about it. It has a story on the front page about the government uh, talking about breaking up the BBC, selling it off. Um, this is also um, in line with uh, Tory thinking, of course, about abolishing the licence fee. I have to say that the idea of the licence fee is a bizarre um, idea. Why can't it be financed from general taxation? I mean, why on earth not? You know, I mean, I don't know whether you still see them, these detector vans. I don't know how useful they are. But, I mean, to me, they're a bit like, uh, you know, Theresa May's shopper migrant but, but the number of people that get prosecuted uh, for it, it's, it's quite clearly ridiculous. And who gets prosecuted? Poor people who actually cannot afford. Is it 145 quid? Whatever it is, that's quite a lot of money. If you're on benefits, you know, uh, um, if you're a pensioner, um, and all the rest of it, you know, it's not a nothing, um, is it? But okay, so what's the Tories' um, objection to the BBC? Well, one, it's state. Um, so although it's not officially the uh, nationalised broadcasting service, to all intents and purposes it is, and it's worth noting that the owner of the Sunday Times has long, long, long campaigned against the BBC, because the BBC broadcasts, other than a licence fee, it broadcasts for free, right? And you can't have that, can you? What you've got to do is get people paying uh, to watch TV, on a subscription thing, so Sky then can compete on an even playing field, that's the idea, I mean, more money uh, to the Rupert Murdoch's uh, uh, of the world, that's really what uh, uh, they're calling for. So again, given an 80 majority and a bias against uh, the BBC, because you and me will think that the BBC is monstrously right wing, I certainly do, I can't listen to Radio 4, I have to say. I'm constantly swearing at it and just switching on to Radio 3 and going, ha, ah, sanity, <laughs> you know. Uh, but for the Tories, uh, they think that the BBC is institutionally biased, it's institutionally left-wing. On what basis? I cannot imagine. Uh, anyway, um, moving on. Labour Party um, leadership election. Well, again, it's a bit like watching um, um, Ledson, isn't it? Um, I cannot but help take a little bit of uh, delight at uh, Emily Thornbury um, losing. It doesn't mean I look at the others and go, you know, it's marvellous. Uh, but the fact of the matter is that she was definitely competing uh, with the others on the basis, I'll be even tougher than you lot on anti-Semitism. I mean, that, that was her, um, uh, her thrust. Um, it hasn't come off. Um, I think that's good. Um, you know, I think she got pretty uh, humiliated um, um, in this um, uh, process. She only managed just to get on uh, the ballot paper uh, in terms of the MPs. She didn't get anywhere near it. Well, she did, didn't she? It was one short when it came to CLPs, uh, which is quite a nice way for her to lose. On the other hand, yeah, I'm sort of sitting there with my hands on my head going, oh my God, 
when I read the others, right? Uh, for example, I mean, would you actually go to a, a, a hustings organised by the Jewish labour movement? An organisation that said that anyone who's supporting the leader of the Labour Party was unsupportable in the general election. This is an affiliate uh, to the Labour Party. Um, but all of them lined up, this was the four of them, it's before um, Emily was uh, eliminated. Lisa Nandy won their um, support. But you read all of them uh, describing themselves as Zionist. The, w the one that did it the least, actually, it's quite interesting, was Keir Starmer. I mean, you know, the one that came out with the more, well, you know, that sort of type uh, position. The others came out with stuff like, uh, I think this is Lisa uh, Nandy, um, self I believe in self-determination for the Jewish people. Well, what on earth is that? That's like saying self-determination for Protestants. I mean, no, seriously, I mean, I just don't get it. I mean, self-determination, carry on praying in a church. Well, I'm not going to stop you praying in a church. But when it comes to you to take other people's territory, you know, in the name of self-determination, uh, that's something different. And, of course, we had uh, Rebecca Long-Bailey uh, coming out with something along those lines. I support a two-state solution. Notice every Israeli Labour politician comes out with that sort of formulation. Right? Two-state uh, solution. And she also uh, came out that she supports Israel's right to exist. Well, I'm not in favour of, um, how she put it, um, uh, going to Israel and um, forcing um, every Jewish person whose grandmother or grandfather wasn't born in the country back to somewhere you know, back to New York or back to Russia or something like that. But I am, right, in favour of abolishing Israel as a Zionist state, right? We know what a Zionist state is now because of Netanyahu's openly declared it, right? This is a, a, a two-tier uh, uh, situation. You can be citizens of Israel, but Israel is for Jewish people, right? That excludes 20% of its population, and Zionism uh, is also a project of expansionism uh, and therefore ethnic cleansing. Zionism has been that project since the very beginning. Zionism was predicated on Yids out of Europe, uh, but Jews into someone else's land, and it might have been at one point Uganda, like maybe it was Mali or somewhere like that, but clearly. Um, Palestine uh, was the right choice in terms of the ideology. Um, uh, various <laughs> theorists have claimed that uh, Palestine was empty. I mean, just a, a, a ridiculous... Uh, I mean, that's seriously been argued. I mean, it's just absolutely ridiculous. Or the argument, there was no one there until we went back there and we were so bloody dynamic, all these Arabs... Uh, came in. I mean, you know, even to state it, it is so, 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 so uh, ridiculous. So in reality, of course, Zionism began as, and that's the language it used in those days, as a colonial settler project. A colonial project, and it talked to the language of European colonialism being superior, having a higher level of culture than the natives, and the natives were either there to be our slaves or to be got rid of. As you've seen, it found it politic 
um, I would guess, I don't know when, but I would guess 50s, 60s, sometime in that sort of time frame to adopt the language of the left and the national liberation movements. So yeah, the Jewish labor movement claims that what they're championing is self-determination for the Jewish people. Why are we any different to any other people? Well, they're no different to any other religion. Um, I accept that Jews ought to have the same rights as Protestants, as Catholics, as Hindus, as atheists. Um, anyone uh, should have uh, those same rights. What you don't have the right to do is to go to someone else's land and expropriate them. And that's what these people are lining up on the side of. But also there's another message there. We are loyal to the link with the United States. We are loyal uh, to NATO and we're loyal to US wars. That's actually what they're saying. I would still urge comrades in the Labour Party to vote Rebecca Long Bailey. No illusions. Quite possibly uh, she's a Kinnock-like uh, figure. The reason why I'd urge that is because she's a candidate of what passes for the left. And also you can read headlines in various papers, I don't believe a word of it by the way, that 40 Labour MPs are threatening to quit uh, if she's elected. Well, I don't think they will for one second, um, uh, but nevertheless, even if only four of them did, and I don't even see four of them doing uh, uh, it, that would be good as far as I would be concerned. But the reality is that the Labour rank and file at the moment is moving to the right, and they're moving to the right because for a lot of people in the Labour Party, winning elections is the be-all and end-all uh, of politics. And Jeremy Corbyn on, the, on a left manifesto lost, hence the popularity of uh, Keir Starmer. For them, he looks more like a winner, and that's how uh, it's viewed. Okay, lastly, um, there was other stuff, but I can't for the life of me remember, so you'll have to just put up with it. The United States, um, we've ha you have to, have to correct me in terms of the states. Is it Iowa or is it Ohio? Iowa. 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 Little Iowa. Anyway. And now New Hampshire. Well, I was about to say. Um, Iowa was a bit of a cock-up. I'm not quite sure why it was a cock-up. Either way, we have New Hampshire and we have Bernie Sanders just out ahead. It's worthwhile reading the Financial Times on this one. And what they're saying, not with any delight, but with horror, is what they're expecting is uh, very soon, I think it's after Super Tuesday, I think that's the right one, but it's basically Calif California and Texas. Huge number uh, of people huge number of delegates uh, to the Democratic Convention uh, that uh, chooses uh, the candidate. They're predicting that uh, basically this contest is going to be between Bernie Sanders and not Joe Biden. His star is well and truly finished, I think. That's pretty safe to say. Not Elizabeth Warren. It's going to be Sanders versus Bloomberg, right? Um, and it will be an interesting election. There's Bernie Sanders with his millions of supporters, all giving relatively small amounts of money. And Bloomberg, who can finance it all by himself. And he's apparently spending big, big, big time for March the 3rd. Um, but the Financial Times uh, basically fears, well, Bernie Sanders might actually bloody win. Hence, Bernie Sanders has raised uh, the demand that Republican, Republican, that Democratic uh, delegates 
actually elect uh, the candidate who's won the most support. I, the candidate with the most delegates uh, should be the one that the other delegates rally round. Uh, a, a lot of us this side of uh, the pond, so to speak, don't really understand American politics, and I include myself, by the way, um, in that category. So when I was young, I used to watch uh, both Republican and Democrat conventions um, 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 on uh, TV. And uh, what would happen is that uh, you know you have a floor of the convention and people waving various placards, you know, we're for Hubert Humphrey, that was one of the ones I can remember, show how old I am, we're for Hubert Humphrey and other people will be for whoever they're damn well for. But also what was going on, you know, in the side uh, of the convention was haggling, uh, that various delegations were doing deals with other delegations. That nowadays it just seems to me uh, that what this is is a crowning session now. This is not actually about a democratic process, uh, this is something else. Um, it's also worth noting that when it comes to the presidential election, uh, often we think that it's the person who wins the most votes. Well, that wasn't true last time. Trump actually got less votes in terms of per head uh, than Hillary Clinton. Yeah. Right? What we actually have in both main parties, but also the actual state itself, is election by delegates, right? Um, so it's how many delegates you win, and uh, this is why, you know, it's not beyond the realms of possibility that Bernie Sanders wins the highest number of votes, has the highest number of delegates to his particular person, but then they will do a deal to shaft him in the back. Uh, because to me, um, you know, in terms of the Democratic establishment, um, it's going to be anyone but Bernie. Uh, that's how I would uh, uh, view it. Um, from our angle, we're against the presidential system. Worth noting uh, that when, if I think it's in the federal papers, when they're actually negotiating the Constitution, yeah. one of the ideas is to crown George uh, Washington king, yeah. and to actually, cr you know, literally have a, a ceremony with a, you know, carriage and uh, all the rest of it to be like Europe. Uh, they decided against that, but they got the nearest thing next to a king. And remember, until uh, FDR, Franklin Delano Roosevelt, presidents could run and run and run. And it was with him they limited it to a second term. Now, again, I'm getting on to territory I don't... After him. Yes, exactly. That's what after I'm saying. With him. After no, no, after him. Yes. No, exactly. Exactly. He served three, t three terms and he was ill in the third one, remember, and died. No, he was no, elected four four times. In the fourth term. Oh, okay. No, He's elected three times then. No, four times. Oh, was he? Amazing. He died okay. No, okay. That's all. A couple of months. All right. Anyway, after that, then they limited it to two terms. What I also wanted just to say, and again, this is me getting onto ground I don't know. Also worth, um, uh, as I understand it, uh, noting why they actually introduced uh, delegates um, into the system. As my understanding is, somebody written a book on it. Again, I haven't seen it, but it was because it was in the 30s, as I understand it, basically to stop uh, anybody on the left taking over either the Democrats or Republicans. Uh, I.e., the establishment could control it uh, and um, uh, block it. Also, just lastly, showing my ignorance of American politics, 
we have a, a, a system in America. Um, again, I would have thought that this serves the interests of money, i.e., advertising uh, politics, of where anybody can register as a Democrat or anyone can register as a Republican. What intrigued me about the Bernie Sanders campaign is how many independents were voting from. So, again, I'm not quite sure of this, but uh, this is not like a European party of where the Labour Party elects um, um, a leader. I don't believe in electing a leader. Um, you know, I mean, it, to me, it, it's reminiscent of Nazi Germany, the Fuhrer. Why on earth do you want a Fuhrer uh, in politics? You know, elect committees, elect various people to various posts, yes, uh, but don't elect anyone who stands towering above either way uh, 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 in America. It's not parties uh, that choose who the candidates are in reality. No, it's not the parties, not in that sense, right? It's precisely going out there and having these uh, uh, primaries, yes, primaries, right, which allow you, uh, um, um, it, basically to buy things up. This is why, if you take Labour Party Marxists, it objected to the change introduced by Ed Miliband. Uh, remember the um, election of the Labour leader by anyone who signed up, including supporters? Why? Because this would allow the Sun, Rupert Murdoch, the Daily Mirror, uh, to recruit people to the party in order to elect X, Y and Z. Um, we're against um, that sort of uh, procedure. It's clearly, if you take Michael Bloomberg, uh, he believes that his billions of dollars uh, can buy him uh, um, enough votes to beat Bernie Sanders and the other candidates, that's it. Except for, I've been reminded, thank you, uh, the Irish elections. How could I forget the Irish elections? Um, clearly, you know, we were expecting Sinn Féin to get this result in terms of opinion polls, but clearly in terms of when Sinn Féin chose its candidates, uh, Sinn Féin had just come out of uh, an unsuccessful uh, EU uh, election campaign. Um, I don't know what it began um, um, with in terms of uh, opinion polls, but it certainly surged uh, in terms of popularity. And what we saw is it emerge of one of three uh, parties. So Ireland can now be described as, I know it's got many parties, but three main parties. I think that's uh, a reasonable uh, description. Again, I'm, I, my knowledge of Irish politics is sufficiently limited to find it somewhat intriguing uh, that in the course of the election campaign, Fine Fáil and Fine Gael lined up against Sinn Féin in order to attack Sinn Féin because of its association with the IRA. You know, for someone who's visited Dublin and other Irish cities in the south, you know, when I've been to the, the post office, I mean, you just go, this country, you know, it's got the same sort of buildings as Britain, but anyone who confuses it is an idiot. There you are in the, in the centre of Dublin, if I'm not right. Haven't you got a picture of Lark, a statue of Larkin? You know, so his arms, you know, a lot. Uh, this is not Britain, right? This is a country that clearly recognises its origins in terms of a struggle for national liberation. Uh, clearly, you know, um, when you go to the post office, there's Connolly in a big bloody 
beautiful uh, picture, sort of dying. I don't know who else is there covered in blood, but, you know, the guns are out. Um, you know, um, this is the nature uh, of the country. And, of course, if we take Fine Foil and Fine Gael, what are their origins? Well, their origins are both in Sinn Féin, um, both uh, uh, have origins in the IRA. Michael Collins, uh, after all, was possibly <coughs> chief of staff, head of the IRA, um, uh, ends up fighting a civil war with De Valera's uh, side. So I, I, I find it somewhat intriguing. Clearly it did not work. Uh, it's true that Sinn Féin ran a campaign, as I understand it, on so-called bread and butter uh, issues. Um, but the idea that you were associated with, you know, fighting to get rid of the Brits, <laughs> I do find that somewhat intriguing. Now, a couple of years ago, uh, we had the um, um, centenary of 1916, and it's certainly true that the politicians in the South didn't really know how to handle it. Are we out here celebrating uh, this particular action? No, they decided that what they've got to do is run something that's holding out the hand of friendship to the other side, to the Brits, to the Protestants in the north, something bloody like that. I mean, that's to me like a French politician, you know, um, feeling embarrassed by 1789. Uh, this is the founder moment uh, of the state. I mean, I can understand why Putin would feel somewhat odd about October 1917, for good reasons. But, I mean, you know, would Stalin say, oh, no, our origins, we did, didn't they, lie deep in Tsarism and Alexander Nevsky. But nevertheless, he didn't denounce 1917. Right? Anyway, Sinn Féin uh, won uh, considerable success. I think its figures were, for first preference votes, something like 24%. Um, what was interesting and sad, though, was uh, when Sinn Féin said, well, we'll see if we can form a government, uh, looking at the rush, um, not by the Labour Party, not by the Social Democrats, not the rush by the Greens, but by people before profit, i.e. the Socialist Workers' Network, uh, Solidarity, which is the Socialist Party in Ireland, hope I'm right, and rise, which is the breakaway from the social, all rushing uh, to uh, get governmental positions. Uh, is Sinn Féin a left-wing party? Well, again, I don't really care what you call left, what you call right. But is it a working-class party? You have to say no. Its program is bourgeois. Uh, just look at it. Um, wants to run capitalism. Wants to run successful Irish capitalism. These comrades really are just following in a long, long trail of uh, official communists who've joined bourgeois governments, but going back, I suppose, in terms of our history to uh, Millerand. Everyone must have heard of Millerandism. Um, he joined a government headed by, and I can't remember his name, but one of the butchers of 1871. But he claimed, I think he became Minister of Cults, uh, and he's the one that, that presided over the separation of um, the French education system um, from the church. Right? And that would be his claim. <coughs> they also introduced minimum wage um, legislation and he claimed that he could get things done. Uh, it's worthwhile noting again uh, for the Second International this was a crisis, this was a shock. 
Um, uh, I haven't read uh, The Socialist this week. I haven't read Socialist Worker this week, but I very much hope uh, that uh, we see some uh, principled fight uh, by these comrades to separate themselves from these people, because these people, I think, follow in the footsteps of Millerand and class collaborationism. Uh, this is not an honourable uh, position, it's a disastrous uh, position. I do note, I think I'm correct, uh, that the comrades in the Fourth International have just walked out of um, Podemos. I think that's correct. It's an international oh, viewpoint. I think it's long overdue uh, <laughs> because Podemos voted in a referendum. I mean, imagine such a thing. In a referendum, 96% um, of their members approved of them joining uh, the cabinet of the Socialist Workers' Party. Nothing to do with uh, uh, our Socialist Workers' Party or the American Socialist Workers' Party. Um, um, yeah, and they walked out um, quite right. Um, government ministers in a bourgeois uh, government um, no uh, and we're not saying that uh, because we're purists it's because our eyes are fixed on organising the working class to use a phrase from Marx into a party of extreme opposition against the system our role is not to manage the system it's to get rid of the system and to put the working class into power and that's not done uh, by joining uh, uh, bourgeois uh, governments. Um, that's all.